This is Three Valleys Radio. The heart is a bloom Shoots up through the stony ground There's no room And it's time for another of our In Conversation series. In this town You're out of luck Each week we catch up with a present or former Yobotown player or a celebrity fan to discuss their life within the sport. And we catch up with a bit of their favourite music as well. And tonight, I'm delighted to say we are joined by one of the heroes of the 1996 ISIS winning league side. It's none other than Mickey Angwell. Good evening, Mickey. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Uh, bearing up under this strain. Yeah, very good. Yeah. How are you coping with that up there? Is it? Uh, is it? I suppose it's a bit more difficult up your way. We're a little bit rural here, so it's not so bad. Yeah, it's um, it's it's hard. It's hard because uh, me and the Mrs. Lorraine were having to work from home. Uh, yeah. So you know everything's put back a little bit. Everything's that little bit harder, but. More importantly, it's um, he's not getting out and see the family and things like that. So I'll imagine most people are like that. But it's very difficult at the moment, but bearable, should I say. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've all got to cope with it, basically, haven't we? Which is the trouble. Yeah. But um, you you, uh, you were born in 1966, 27th of September, in Greys in uh, that's Essex, isn't it? Greys. Uh, yeah, sunny Essex. Yes, yeah, that's so right. You're an Essex boy, but on Wikipedia it says you are a defender forward. Now I've never heard of a defender forward before. Uh, Nor have I, really. <laughs> I think that, that was introduced by Graham Roberts because he always moan about me not getting back. So yeah. Um, spent most of my time in the opposing half but um, yeah I think it come from Graham but I've never heard it actually mentioned in a proper team talk no well what would you class yourself as a defender or a forward well I think it was around about the time when the the wing back system come out yeah um, rather coming from an orthodox 4-4-2 say left back to more of an attacking uh, five across the middle which uh, I adapted to uh, quite well especially at Yeovil with the players we had around us so hmm. yeah more of an attacking left back so to speak and Can you remember your first sort of dalliance with football as a youngster? Um, yeah I started at the age of nine um, playing just locally really over the park and then went on to playing Cubs football um, then I got the taste for it so I ended up playing for the district and then I went on to West Ham, Tottenham and Leighton Orient uh, I decided to choose Leighton Orient uh, funny enough um, so I spent a few years there then went on to back to West Ham and from 12 till 16 stayed at West Ham was released at West Ham which was uh, heartbreaking for me uh, I thought the, the world had collapsed uh, 
but from that, and the very next day, I got a phone call from Peter Morris at Southend United asking me to come and do an apprenticeship there, which I served two years there, and then none other signed pro from the great Bobby Moore. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah, so exciting times. I had me downs, I had me ups, but all in all, uh, it football's been very kind to me. And, and you actually played under Bobby Moore? Yes, I did. Yes, um, yeah, I've got clippings. I, I, I keep a, a scrapbook for myself, which I hand it down to my sons. Um, and yeah, I've got some good kem- comments from Bobby. Uh, then I used to play up front. I was a centre forward. Hmm. He signed me for Southend United as a centre forward. So I went on to score some league goals and, and playing some very competitive games and thoroughly enjoyed uh, being under, obviously, one of the greatest players to live. What was he like as a person? Unbelievably good. Um, so calm. Um, you know, he used to he used to put on a training session, uh, deliver that training session, and was better than all the players in the training session. Mm. So, I mean, even at that age, his his talent was was just exceptional. But you used to he had an aura about him, Bobby Moore, that you just used to sit back and listen, and whatever he said, you done basically. Mm-hmm. And did you? I mean, did you learn a lot of things from him in in terms of you know relating to his his um, what shall I say, his strong points, did you sort of manage to glean them and get them for yourself? Yeah, because uh, with Bobby, he spent a lot of time uh, in his man management, in your one-to-ones, he'd tell you what to do, he'd tell you where you was going wrong, he'd put on special practices for you as, as uh, a centre-forward, he used to have us out there for an extra hour, hour and a half, practising our finishing, showing us what to do. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I learned so much. And as I said before, if you can't learn from one of the greatest players in the world, then you, you're going to be struggling somewhere mm. along the lines. Yeah, you'd like to think something would rub off, wouldn't you, wouldn't you, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was an exceptional bloke as well, I have to say that. Yeah, yeah. So you ended up at Southend United in 1984, I think, or no, probably a bit earlier than that, um, yeah. in, in your youth career, Yeah. That's correct, yeah. And then I went, um, uh, I went on loan to Crew, Crew Alexandra, which is uh, obviously way, way, way up north. Um, mm. But that was under another great manager, Dario Garardi, that uh, yeah. you know went on to be one of the longest-serving managers about. So again, uh, the knowledge I was getting from these managers um, just just is so helpful to my game. So yeah, f- another great person, and thoroughly enjoyed going up there on loan. And, and how long were you there for? It, was, it looks like about a year. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. so I was playing uh, playing in the first team, um, Gresty Road. It, I mean, again, it, crowds back then were were of a large amount. So, and the atmosphere was good. They had some great players there in the side at the time. Um, the likes of David Platts, uh, John Pembleton, um, Thomas that went on to Wolves. Um, so yes, yeah, some, some great players, and, and, and he obviously knew how to, to manage a team and manage a setup, and that was quite successful. Mm, absolutely. So then, Wikipedia is a bit vague here. We go from 1987, and it just lists. It says Chelsea City, Barking, Harrow Borough, Enfield, and Grays Athletic. Tell me about that lot. Right then, the first of Mickey's song choices, and this is sort of kind of typical for an Essex boy. I think it's the Jam in a town called Mallet. <laughs>
there we go then the jam and a town called mallet tell me tell me about that lot then well yeah it, what it was is i went i went on loan to to, to crew and then come back and uh, i suffered quite a bad ankle injury um so i couldn't get anywhere near the side at south end so um i had talks with the management committee which was david webb then actually bobby moore had gone it was the chelsea yeah. David Webb, the, yeah, the yeah. Oh, not David Webb, um, and they decided that we're part company. So I went to uh, Chelmsford City. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent a year, year and a half at Chelmsford. That was when I started my semi-pro career, uh, and then went on to to play for the likes of um, Barking, Grays, Enfield Town, the Old Foe, Chesham United, Billowicky, Bournewood, and Fowick. So I had quite a, a variation of semi-professional sides absolutely any sort of any sort of high points spring out to you in that period of time because that's about seven years wasn't it yeah we uh, we won we won numerous competitions for different clubs really it was, uh, we had a little bit of a cup run when we was at Enfield I think we played uh, Barnet in the, in the FA Cup second round um, I think we played again we might have played against Woking in the first round on another year uh, good runs with Chesham, uh, Bulawicki. So yeah, it was it was um, it was a semi-professional setup, but as you know, for your experience, it was still largely very very competitive football and played at uh, quite a high level. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, most of those would have been what in the in the conference or the Rhyme, yeah, yeah. Ryman Ryman yeah, League yeah. or whatever. Yeah, in the Ryman then back then and uh, Ryman uh, Premier Division in the conference. Yes, yeah, so yeah. a bit of a swing. Uh, from different leagues, but um, very competitive, and, and to be honest, it was very, very enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it seems as though the leagues they sort of popped up all over the place around because you had the Southern League, the ISIS League, the Ryman League, the I Conference. Yeah. yeah you, but put it this way: if you couldn't get a game of football back then, you was uh, you were struggling because it had to be a league for everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, was it from Grays that you actually transferred to Yeovil then? Yes, it was. Yeah, I actually, um, then I had a, a flat that actually overlooked the ground at Grays. I don't know if you remember the setup at Grays, they had the flats at, uh, overlooking the stadium. Well, I was in one of them, so it was quite uncanny that I used to travel from Grays Athletic, where I was, to Yeovil Town. And that was obviously in the same league, I think, at that time. Mm. Um, and when they played one another, it was um, I didn't have to travel far for the away game. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> And, and it was Graham Roberts that brought you in at uh, Yeovil, was it? Yeah, I had, I had an outstanding time with Graham. Um, I still hold, hold him in the ice to steam. He's, uh, he was a fabulous bloke for me. Um, probably one that pushed me through in my career the most, being a hard, uh, combative centre-half. He, um, he, he, he was the one that obviously took me into getting that sort of system sorted, so... Uh, yeah, I had some great times for Graham. Uh, really enjoyed it under him. And when he took me to Yeovil, of course, or asked me to go to Yeovil, um, it was just an option that I couldn't refuse. Yeah. Tell Shep to lie down. Lie down, Shep. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, she's busy. I think she's, she should be out in the garden chasing cats. Lorraine's just gone out to sort her out now. But she's, uh, she's got an uncanny habit of no, barking we, at the wrong time. No, don't worry. We like a few sound effects like that. It makes it more, more realistic. Don't you worry. Well, from the jam, we now go to Billy Joe Spears, would you believe? And the blanket on the ground. Come and look out through the window Big old moon is shining down 
Mickey likes a bit of country music as well. Billy Joe Spears there and the blanket on the ground. So look, um, Yeovil Town, you were there for three years. Um, yep. What are the high spots? What do you remember about Yeovil Town? Well, other than being an exceptional football club uh, with a great fan base, um, I can remember my first game, I think it was, I come down to play against, called Chard. Would I be right in Yeah, that? that's right, Chard, yeah. yeah. Chard and, and that's when Graham pulled me to one side and said look I'm going to make you uh, team captain um, and with the players we had about us then your Jerry Gills and, and your, your cousins and your Tony Pounders and your Warren Patmores I thought 
um, yeah, I, I was just it was just an, uh, an honour for me. Um, but I'd have to say probably my highest moment or my proudest moment for Yeovil was when we played against Enfield Town. Yeah, and I, we had a capacity crowd crowd there of nine thousand with two thousand locked out. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I happened to score the first goal. That was uh, useful. Yeah, in that game, I went. I think we went on to draw two two, but won the league. Mm-hmm. That year, with a record amount of points, I think we won it with over a hundred, and Enfield comes second with about ninety-nine, which is unheard of in today's football. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's how close it was to so to score that goal in such an important game was a massive, massive moment for me at Yeovil. What was it like playing in a team with people like Warren Patmore, Jerry Gill, um, Rob Cousins, Tony Pounder? I mean, all characters in themselves, aren't they? Yeah, and all great players. Um, yeah, it just it just made it so much uh, easier for yourself. I mean, again, as you would know, the the better the player you're playing with, the better you turn out. And mm. um, I mean, that's just to name but a few. We had uh, Steve Brown, we had Paul Turner, we had Dean Birkby, um, uh, Tony Pennock in goal. It was uh, it was just one talent after another, and it, it just become really enjoyable um, especially from the London based uh, we used to call them the London boys that used to travel down Mm. uh, become very connected and obviously took that onto the field uh, a meeting with the boys from there it just worked out so well at that time so that's basically why we were so successful and um, was there in particular who I know extremely well um, great player I mean I think I'm right in saying he's the second highest goal scorer for the club in the history of the club um, what was what was he like on the field I know what he's like off oh, it oh yeah <laughs> I think um, I think if you got Mr Patmore and spoke to him I think I, he would tell you honestly that I made a large percentage of his goals um, especially aerial uh, crossing into boxes and into areas where he could score but he was just one of the best finishers uh, that I have ever played with to, to, mm. to date. I think uh, anything aerially, um, you know that he was going to end up in the back of the net. So, um, yeah, just a brilliant, brilliant player. And I still keep close contact with Warren. Um, hell of a golfer. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, yeah, he's a bit of a bandit, isn't he? Yeah, he used to play off a scratch handicap, uh, handicap. So I think he could have chosen what sport he wanted to do. But that just sums the man up. Um, good friend of mine, great yeah. player and a joy to play with. Yeah, no, he's he's a great lad, Warren, and uh, you know we go back quite a long way. I'll tell you a story. I was when I was uh, very early days of doing the job at Yeovil, and um, no, I don't, I don't think I was working there then. I was just doing the press side of things, and yeah. uh, he he said, "Oh, come on down to the dressing room a minute." And I thought, "Well, you know, I'm in awe of this. I'm going down the dressing room." Yeah. yeah. And uh, the next thing I know, he grabs me and pushes me into the bloody shower. Didn't I? I, got, I was fully clothed as well. <laughs> That's, uh, that sounds that sounds about right. That's the sort of character he was. But it was that was like that all over. So yeah, yeah. Just a, just a good time to play football for Yeovil at that stage. And and the funny thing about it was that um, I had a fleece on at the time, and this fleece got absolutely bloody soaked. But um, I had to go and do a press conference afterwards with David Webb. Now you know what David Webb's like. So yes, we went, we went into yeah. his office. And um, the water was like dripping down onto a. Uh, he had a plastic sort of mat on the floor. And he goes, uh, "What's that?" What's that dripping? Can you hear dripping? I can hear water dripping. Everyone's looking at him. Oh, no, I don't know what that is. And of course, <laughs> right, it was my bloody like... coat, wasn't it? God, <laughs> dear me. But, uh, I mean, yeah, David exactly. Webb, that's another story in itself. <laughs> but, um, well, you know, I mean, it was a great a great season, that season under, under Grand Rocks, when you won the league. Um, did you feel that the 
atmosphere in the dressing room played a huge part towards that because from from other teams that I've spoken to other Yeovil teams that that have you know done something special, it was always the same. That it was a great group. It was mate, massively. It, um, I would go as far as to say that certainly uh, guaranteed us to win the league. I mean, as I've mentioned before, we had some outstanding footballers. Mm. But sometimes you can get outstanding footballers that don't join in, jump on the bandwagon. But yeah. everyone, everyone was singing off the same hymn sheet. Uh, the banter was good. It was funny. It was a joy to travel down uh, that distance to be with uh, the Oval boys. Um, it was just, yeah, it was massive. It was a massive, massive help to winning the league that year. Uh, and, and when you left Oval, uh, was it with a sort of a, a sad feeling in your head? It was, it, it, you know, and it, it's easy to say after the Lord Mayor's show, but I would say, honestly say to you, it's probably one of the biggest regrets I've had in my football career because uh, I can't remember his name who had come in then for Graham. Uh, but he offered me better terms. He offered me better terms to stay, uh, stay as captain. There was other players coming in. Um, but I'd had such a rapport with Graham. Yeah. Graham had gone and sort of like got things in process with another club so I decided to leave with Graham but um, I've told Graham this uh, a number of times before it's the worst decision I've made in my football career <laughs> leading such a great football club Well according to Wikipedia you played 84 league appearances and scored 5 goals um, does that sound about right to your, your reckoning? Yeah I think they're, 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 they're a, few, a little bit shy on the goals actually I think I've got about 11 but I'll, uh, I'll take that I'll yeah. take that well, they might have been cup goals which should come, and they always make a point oh, saying yeah, it's, only league, it's only um, league goals. I don't know, domestic yeah. league only. It says here. So, um, and then yeah. obviously, then um, nineteen eighty-eight. You sorry, nineteen eight. You uh, moved on to Slough, and that was obviously with Graham Roberts. Yeah, yeah. I went on to Slough with Graham um, again. A big club, very big club. Um, not in the same league. Uh, I hope people don't mind me saying this as Yeovil. Well, not none of the clubs I've mentioned uh, actually comes into that category. But uh, a big club, nevertheless, uh, which we had success as, as, as well. I think we finished third in the league that year. Had a bit of a cup run. So yeah, a, a, another great club, another good club to play football for. And you had forty-six appearances again, league appearances, two goals there. Does that sound about right? Or would yeah, you have that's more about goals? Right, yeah, so you could see that I was getting slightly older, and the goal ratio is slowly coming down. But um, enjoyable time. Yeah, absolutely. More music now, and this time we've got Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide No escape from reality Open your eyes Look up to the skies and see I'm just a poor boy I need no sympathy Because I'm easy come, easy go Yeah. 
Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody. What about Owen Pickard? Was he in the side when you were there? Owen was in, yeah, another, another exceptional player. I think Owen played up front, didn't he? Yeah, and, and Howard yeah, Forrington as well? 
Howard come in and played up front, scored loads and loads of goals. I think Graham brought him in, uh, actually got us over the line, because I ain't too sure whether Warren was injured, it might have been Owen that was injured, and we brought um, uh, Howard in and scored untold goals, mm. uh, which obviously, um, with that amount of points in the season, you can see why. Yeah, 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 because he's next time, he's he's my four o'clock appointment, Howard is. Howard, yeah. Very Sorry, not Howard, Owen, I mean. I've done, I've done, Owen, we've, we've oh, done. Show him well for me when you speak to him. I will, I will. Um, so, um, again, any high spots at Slough that, are, you know, spring to mind that you, you remember particularly? No, not, it's not, it's, it's not that many, really. I think we went on, a, as I say, we went on a bit of a cut run. Um, um, played well. We had a similar sort of uh, player base with some quality all over. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great club, but not not, not as successful as Yeovil. But mm. a good, good club to go and play your football. Did you feel at that point um, in two thousand that was, you know, that, that that clearly that league football was going to pass you by? Oh, I did. Yes, uh, yeah, I did. I mean. I don't know if you can remember because when I was at Yeovil, I think it, I was 20, 28 at the time, um, and we played in a pre-season friendly against Barnsley, mm. and that was when Barnsley went up to um, the, what, what is now the Premier League. Right. Yeah. And I can remember Danny Wilson was in charge, and I can remember him uh, taking an interest in me and asking. Graham details about going to uh, to obviously play for Barnsley, mm. which was one, another great great moment in my career. Didn't didn't develop, didn't it, everything fell through. But um, yeah, that was the the sort of um, teams we had coming to Yeovil to mm. play, and that was the sort of players that I had around me that you could be noticed like that. So yeah, but uh, that's huge sense of disappointment, though, Mickey. Yes, yeah. I mean, everyone wants to play pro football all the time but um, for me I, I've got to count, count me blessings because I, to, to this day I'm still associated in football I've never been out of football uh, I've played for some great clubs um, I've earned some decent money uh, and now uh, I've ended up coming back to the Essex roots and um, I actually do some coaching stroke teaching at Avery Football Club so I teach students their BTEC and, uh, and coach fully or full time as well, so it's the best of both worlds for me. So I, I count myself extremely lucky to be able to have done that. Well, it looks as though you sort of more or less finished your, your sort of major playing career at, around two thousand and one, two, when you were at per- Perfleet and then Boreham Wood, yeah. Yeah, finished at Boreham Wood, um, went on to Boreham Wood uh, under Danny Hunter. Um, yeah, had, some, had, a, had some good times there because it, it, I, I realised that my playing career was obviously slowing down and coming to an end. Um, so I, I went in there, played a season, I think, uh, as a player, and then went on to play a manager, and then become full-time manager. I think it was about, I can't remember the exact date, but we won the county cup and, and things like that as a manager. So that was a learning curve for me as manager. How did you feel about being a manager compared to a player? I mean, you obviously knew the playing side. I mean, did you put that to good use as being a manager? I did, but it's, it's totally different. Mm. It's totally different. The pressures of of being a manager um, are totally def- different than the pressures of being a player. You can, when you're out on the field, you can actually do something about it. When you're on the sidelines, you can't really do anything about it other than encourage. So, mm. yeah, it was it was a learning curve for me, which I enjoyed. 
um, but hard, a lot harder than being a foot. Now we've got uh, choice number four, I think it is, from Mickey's Choice of Music, and this time it's Harry Nielsen, of course, and everybody's talking from uh, Midnight Cowboy, I think. Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words they're saying Only the echoes of my mind People stopping still I can't see their faces Only the shadows of their eyes I'm going where the sun keeps shining Through the pouring rain Going well the weather suits my clothes Banking off of the northeast winds Sailing on summer breeze And skipping over the ocean like a choice there from mickey that's uh, harry nielsen of course and everybody's talking were you mr nice guy as a manager or are you mr mr hard guy um i'd like to say a little bit of both yeah a little bit of both um i took on my playing side uh, in my management which is was quite physical as you can remember um mm. but um yeah man management i'd like to pull the players and explain what was going on if they weren't doing things right Again, going back to what I'd been taught uh, under them great managers that I mentioned before. So, mm. um, yeah, a little bit of both, I'd say. Because it's one thing that when I, you know, I came into football from from media, basically I used to run a newspaper and a few other bits yeah. and pieces. And um, the one thing that struck me in particular was the way, and I mean, I very rarely did I go anywhere near the dressing room because I knew that was not the place for the media manager. You did yes. not go into dressing room. But anyway, there were a couple of occasions when I did, yeah. and I won't mention who the managers were, but suffice to say, I could not believe 
the way they spoke to the players. Yeah. And yeah. I thought, well, if they spoke to me like that, I'd attack them. But I mean, yeah, it you, just you, you, you'd, you'd want to do that. But it's, it's such an emotional environment. Um, they say the worst time to speak to a manager is after a game. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. If you've won and the press are there and everything else and everyone wants to take your picture and have your autograph everything's fine but if you've been beaten where you shouldn't have been beaten and then you're starting to get questions from the media Mm. uh, it's a hard environment to be in yeah yeah absolutely so when you finished at Boreham Wood as as far as the manager was concerned what what came next then Mickey well I went to uh, I went to Watford um, and become um, what I'm doing now so I changed my system a little bit I went into teaching, uh, so I got all my qualifications as a t- teacher, um, but that coincided with uh, the coaching. So they do a, a scheme called BTEC. They do their BTEC Level 3, mm-hmm. where they come into what was Watford at the time. So we taught them in a classroom-based environment and then took them out to coach. So I'd done that there at Watford for 10 years, which was extremely good. I mean, we had some boys come through the scheme that went on to to earn millions, really. Uh, Sam Malonga went on to um, uh, Peterborough and then from Peterborough to Forest for eight million, I think. And we've had players playing all over the world, to be honest, coming through the scheme. So it was a very successful time. Um, so that's what I adapted to then. Did you come across Gary Johnson during your time at Watford? Yes, I did, yeah. yeah. Come across Gary, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you obviously... Yeah, well, you know, he, he is Mr. Yeovil, almost him and Terry Skiverton between them, oh, I think they... Uh, that, you, you won't get no more Yeovil than, than no, them two. No, no. They, they totally epitomise Yeovil, really, don't they, you know? Now, it's quite clear that Mickey's choice of music is very much in line with mine because this is his last choice, and I think this is a brilliant record. This is the real thing, and you, to me, are everything. How much you mean to me There must be some other way to make you see If it takes my heart and soul You know I'd pay the price Everything that I possess I'd gladly sacrifice Oh, you to me are everything The sweetest song that I could sing Oh, baby change your part If it takes forever girl, then I'm prepared to wait. The day you give your love to me won't be a day too late Oh, you to 
You know, um, a sort of teacher coach, then, if we want to call it that. Um, you yeah. enjoy doing that? It's brilliant. It's brilliant because um, the standard of footballers we get through, so we obviously uh, take a high, quite a high standard of footballer. So you can teach them, they're quite intelligent, uh, but it's all sport based. So all the teaching is all sport based. Um, and go out and coach them in the afternoon. So basically, they, they live as a young professional. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have to obviously do their education, which runs side by side. So you, 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 if you know you can deliver something as regards to their teaching as well as their football, it's just double the bonus. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what team was it? You, you did mention where it was, but that you're at now? Uh, Averley, Averley FC. Um, five minutes from uh, where me and Lorraine live. Um, so, yeah, it's not far. We're out of the car and no yeah. more long distance travelling for me. And is that Essex and Averley? It is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not familiar with it. Certainly, um, just just switching a little bit now to the, the situation we're all faced with with no football, um, which is doing my head in and a lot of other people's heads as well. What do you think about it? How do you how do you see it all going now? I mean, it's a difficult situation, isn't it? It is very hard. Uh, I mean, I heard. I think it was on the radio yesterday. They think about bringing the Bundesliga back uh, mm. behind closed doors, aren't they? Playing for yeah. behind but how would you how would you perceive that as a footballer I mean having that atmosphere that um, that drive from the crowd is 80-90% of why you do it it's mm. uh, uh, you know playing behind closed doors with no people there I can't see it being beneficial um, obviously to get the games played mm. um, things will be sorted out but the actual enjoyment from being a footballer would be you know it, I just don't think it would be there but but you know, I mean, they're talking about this social distancing and all the rest of it. But you know, you, you you've played a defender and a and a striker. You know, you're a striker out there on the field. And you've got a defender who's all over you, trying to stop oh. you from performing. You're both blowing like mad because you're running and you're you know you're you're in a very physical game. Exactly. How can you exactly. not? You mean to wear a mask? Obviously, how are you gonna no. how are you gonna get away with it? Well, that's it. This is totally right. I mean, there, there was never any distance between. Especially playing with Graham Roberts, trust me, there was never <laughs> yeah. any distance at all. Um, um, but yeah, I can't see it. I can't see it working. I, I'm, I'm trying to. Don't get me wrong. I, um, I want it back as as we all do. Mm. Uh, 
I'm sitting at home and again Lorraine's a, our class was a football widow where she um, I'm keeping going through the archives and watching different things and, yeah. and watching any sport I've even turned me, myself to golf and watching cricket highlights so <laughs> um, yeah I, I miss it I miss it tremendously um, and I you know I just hope it'll get back soon but I think it, it's not going to be rushed back. I hope it's not going to be rushed back because we do not want to go through this again. No, no, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the trouble. And I, unfortunately, I'm in the over seventy group, which is, uh, you know, I'm supposed not to go out and all this. It, it's 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 a bit of a you know, it's a bit of a bind all around, really. It's hard. It's mm. hard because um, both my parents are still alive, and mm. exactly that. You know, you can't go around. You can't socialise and. No. You can't spend time with them, and I think that actually is actually is worse not having that little bit of rapport between father and son and mm. the, the disease itself. Um, it's, yeah, it's hard times for everyone. And we've got a we've got a, um, a grandson who's coming up to his first birthday in a couple of weeks, and I mean we don't know what's going to happen with that yet. It's, it's, uh... I mean, this is what people. Uh, this is what um, is so hurtful to people that you can't mm. you can't have a cuddle there. No, you that's can't it. Have a cuddle and that's that's what's missing. So, Mickey, what do you see for the future for Mickey Amwell now? Then you, you've got this steady job, and you're enjoying it. Do you, have you got any other ambitions you want to fulfil? Um, no, I've, I mean I've been I was I've been back into management. I was uh, I went back into management as assistant, come coach at Bournemouth um, two years ago. I think it was when when Bournemouth got to Wembley. We got to Wembley in the player final. Yeah, yeah. And lost to Chelsea Rovers two one. So that, at that time, I was, I was sort of like wanting to get back into it um, and try me hand at it again. But um, no, I, I, it was okay, but I didn't really enjoy it as much as I did as a player. So I decided to uh, to go back into what I'm doing now. Um, so future plans would just be to stay healthy, yeah, stay in the job that I love doing, which is obviously predominantly football based. Um, make sure everyone around me, my loved ones, are safe. Um, you know, and just try and enjoy life while I still can. Brilliant, Mickey. Brilliant. Old dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. Not so much of the old. No, that was brilliant. Thank you ever so much for that, Mickey. That's it for this week. That was Mickey Angwell from the 1996 ISIS League winning side. Make sure you join us again next week where we'll have another Yobleton hero to talk to. In the meantime, keep listening to Three Valleys Radio.